Welcome back to Straight Up Sports. I'm your host, Devin Albertson, and it's time for the Missouri 8-Man Football Season Preview Podcast. I actually recorded this on Wednesday, and then I got a couple of coaches got back to me with their season preview with a uh, number of players and how they kind of thought things would work out. So I actually deleted that one, and I'm going to record this now. It's Sunday when I'm recording this, which means the preseason poll comes out tomorrow. Um as of recording this podcast right now, six of the eight guys have already sent me their polls, so that should be out first thing Monday morning, uh, probably 8, 9 o'clock is when I'm going to release that, um, so you'll be able to see that. Who's going to be the top 10? Um, right now, I've had a variation of 14 different teams um, get consideration for the top 10. I considered as many as 15, um, so very interesting to see how the people from around the state look at the um, league this year. With 33 teams in, with Chillahowie dropping their uh, program for the year due to lack of numbers, I uh, feel sorry for the kids over there that don't get to play this year. feel real bad for those guys. Um, but with the 33 teams we do have going forward, I'm excited to see what happens this year. I'm super excited for this first Friday night. I'll be going to Worth County, to um, Grant City, Missouri, to watch South Holt, Nauhi Holt versus Worth County. And from what I've seen from the polls, looks like a top-five matchup there in Grant City. Should be a lot of fun to watch that game is the game of the week. It's two of the biggest teams, uh, best teams going into the season, going at each other. Should be a lot of fun. South Holt and did not compete in the Jamboree last week. Um, Worth County hosted their Jamboree with Albany, Stanbury, and King City. Worth County did not look great in that Jamboree from what I've heard, but they were without their starting quarterback and one of their linemen for that. So so with a little bit of a grain of salt um, with that, I still think Worth County is going to be very good this year. Um, but what I came across in that Jamboree, I'll get to the Jamborees here, I guess. Um, Albany is going to be very good this year. Um, I believe they're going to be ranked in the top ten to start the year. I ranked them in my top ten. I actually had them fifth in my ballot. I think the Warriors over there at Worth Camp, uh, over at Albany with Coach Fountain are going to be very good this year. Um, would not be surprised if they won the GRC. There was uh, some love for them, the GRC, also around the state for what Albany is going to bring back this year. They're going to be a very scary team. Uh, Stanbury looks to be improved, as does King City. So with Stanbury and King City, both very young last year, they split their head-to-head matchups. Uh, King City won the regular season game. Stanbury won the playoff game uh, there with King City. I think those teams will both be improved this year. North Andrew and Pattonsbury, they will take a step back, but I'm not sure how big that step back is going to actually be. I considered every one of the GRC teams for my top 10 ballot, and I've, I've voted either four or five of them into my top 10. So, I think the GRC is going to be stacked this year. I wasn't sure how to rank them. The way I view the GRC going into this year, I think Worth County is the best team in the conference. I think I think the other four or five teams are right there with them with, in no particular order, Albany, Stanbury, North Andrew, Pattonsbury, and King City. I don't think anybody comes out of this conference undefeated. I just don't see that happening now. Um, early in the offseason, I thought maybe Worth County could run the table. But how good Albany looked in Stanbury and King City with North Andrew. I know they dominated the Jamboree versus DeCab. I think DeCab's going to be down a bit this year. I'll get to 275 in just a minute. The GRC is going to be stacked this year. Last year was a bit of a down year for the, for the league for their standards. I know Pattonsburg was the best team over there last year. North Andrew was also very good last year with uh, North Andrew and Albany being decent last year. But I think all six teams will be better. The Bramer left the conference. There's not a Weak link of the, of all the teams now. It's going to be a tough matchup each and every week. and I'm ready to see how that happens in GRC. Um, let me look real quick at my preview notes. In the GRC, 
get those pulled up real quick. Um, the coaches, I asked all the coaches who they thought would win the conference, who win state. And this conference, Worth County got a lot of love um, to win the conference. Albany and Pattonsburg also got a couple of votes in there as well. So should be interesting to kind of see. But a lot of the coaches I talked to in the GRC were saying, hey, it's wide open this year. Like, if I had to pick somebody, it's Worth County. But I would not be surprised if an Albany or Stanbury or even a North Andrew could jump up and win the conference a little bit. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that happens. Some of the better players in this conference coming back this year. I'll just go alphabetically here for Team Albany. Uh, Trice Floyd, their quarterback's back. Ethan Mercer, uh, Caden Hutchison, a couple linemen back from as well. Albany. They return six of eight stars on both sides of the ball. Uh, they should be very good. They only lose um, really from a key guy from last year would be Dawson Butterfield. Their star running back who had over, I think, 2,000 yards rushing. But they show the Jamboree. They're going to be just fine uh, without him. You know, he was a really good player for them. Other guys are picking up the slack there for Albany, and they're well coached. I'm really high on Albany this year. Uh, King City, they bring back five of eight starters on most, on this year's team. They do lose Jacob Moen, Brandon Gilbert, and Quade Jones, three really good players for them. But with Parker Muff, Landon Wells, Zeke Fisher, uh, McCullen, Corbin Taylor, Mooney, Moss, Boone, Farmer, they got a lot of kids coming back here. They're going to be a physical team. Coach Breckenridge will have them ready to go. Um, I did hear some about Landon Wells maybe being injured again. That's not confirmed. I hope the kid's okay. But if he is injured, back-to-back years, they lose their quarterback early in the year. I would hate to see that for King City because I think they can make a real – can really surprise some teams this year. Uh, there for the Wildcats. Then North Andrew, they lost 10 seniors from last year's team. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is Jaden Baker, a couple of good linemen as well. So they're going to lose a lot, of, a lot of talent there in North Andrew, but I think they're going to replenish okay. Hayden Necker is going to be a sophomore running back for him. He was all conference in the GRC last year. He's back. Carson Thomas moving from fullback to running back. He's a good player as well. Clayton Linville is a great linebacker and a really good receiver for him. Uh, Chance Warner, Caleb Stidham, Keaton Hanna, Eli Lillard, Andrew Goff, Eichner, all these guys. Um, he's a Wheeler coming back this year, too, another one. Uh, so they are going to be very good this year, and I'm ready to see what North Andrew is going to be like this year. Just the GRC is going to be so tough. And then Pattonsburg, again, another team that lost a lot of talent last year. Of course, Stephen Wilhite, the national record-setting quarterback. And then Carter Crone, Caden Cook, Dakota Eaton, Patrick Cowley, uh, Clark Elder. They lose a, Adler, sorry, they lose a lot of talent from last year's team, but – they do get Cameron Jones back, who missed last year with an ACL injury. I think if Jones was there last year, Pattonsburg, I think at least makes the state championship game and they went to the semifinals. <clears throat> I think their defense has been a lot better last year with him in there, and their offense would have been even more explosive. Imagine that. Because he had, what, 24 touchdowns as a sophomore as a receiver. He was their best receiver. He was hurt in the jamboree. Hated seeing that for the kid, but he's back here for his senior year. If Pattonsburg can figure out the quarterback situation, which is a big if, they have enough talent on the outside with Jones and Brett Emig and the um, Langfit and Briggs. They have enough talent there if they get the quarterback situation figured out that they can mix. They can still score some points. I still worry about Pattonsburg defensively though, and that might be their biggest flaw going into this year. Um, replacing all those athletes and still and improving on defense is going to be a tall task. Uh, Stanbury, Hunter Johnson's the only key contributor they lost, so they're bringing back seven of eight stars on both sides of the ball. Both swaybacks. Colin Sager, if you saw Chris Roush on Twitter, uh, go look at that video of the catch he made in the end zone over the King City defender. Heck of a catch. Mostum, good job there for Sager. He's a really good player. Austin Colvin's a big lineman. They got Gavin Cameron, Ethan Oldham, um, Martick. 
They have a lot of good players. Also, I was saying the Jamboree, they have another Sheber. Of course they have a good Sheber running back because it's Stanberry. They missed one last year, so they're going to be back with it this year. I don't remember his first name, but I heard I just was hearing that there was a Sheber playing well at Stanberry, and I was like, shocker. So Stanberry, they should be good again this year. I think they're going to bounce back from a disappointing year last year for Stanberry standards. Uh, I think they should be better this year. And then finally, Worth County, my favorite in the conference. They do lose Jackson Anderson, Reed McIntyre, but they're bringing back Andrew Alarcon, Alex Reinhardt, Aiden Gladstone, Levi Casabal, Justin Dye, Austin Welch, Austin Pride, Jackson Rundy, Dylan McIntyre, Chase Adkins. So many talented players there for Worth County, and they're well coached. I give Worth County the edge for this in the conference, but I think it's going to be a blood battle every week there in the GRC. I'll go to 275 next. Um, I think Mount City's the favorite in this conference until they're – and I know last year they didn't win the conference. East Ashton did, but Mount City still won back-to-back state championships. Uh, this comes with a very good at the top last year with Mount City, EA, and Livingston with South Carolina Hall a step behind those three. And this year with EA and Livingston both losing their star quarterbacks and some good talent around them, they're going to take steps back, in my opinion, but not massive step backs. I think this they're going to finish top four in the conference. I just think South Lake Holt, they bring back everyone except for Trayton Plummer, one of their linemen. They should be really good this year. I think South Lake Holt could push Mount City for the conference title. I know Mount City lost their two All-State running backs in Dylan George and T.J. Hopkins, along with Blake Hayes in the line. All three are going to play college ball. Um, George and Hopkins are going to play at Graceland, and then uh, Hayes, from what I heard from Sanford, on the – a nice M1 Laville team fan camp. He was going to Midland actually to play. Hadn't heard that before, but when I was listening to that, he's going to Midland to play. So credit to Blake Hayes for going up there. Uh, but I think Mount is a favorite here. It, Landon Papa is a very good player. Tony Osborne, a very good athlete. Caden Master are going to get some more playing time. Will Young, William Rother, Connor Durr. They got a lot of speed over there at Mount City. They're still going to replenish the athletes. They have that in spades over there. So Mount City is the favorite until – proven otherwise, and that's kind of what a lot of the coaches across the state when it comes to favorites for state championships. It's Mountain City, maybe Worth County, and then someone else has got to prove it to us if we're going to vote for them. That's that's definitely fair. Um, South Holt, Nolly Holt, though, go to them. I think they're going to finish second in the conference. My pick right now, but challenge Mountain City for that conference title. Drew Quinlan, quarterback, they're going run heavy this year, but he's still an excellent passer. He's a brick house as a runner. We'll see what he does this year in kind of a different, little bit different scheme. They kind of ran a little bit last year towards the end of the year. They should be pretty good this year. I think they'll be a lot better defensively as well. That was their Achilles heel pretty early in the year in the first three games. They started 0-3. I think defensively they're going to be much better this year. Uh, new D coordinator, guys a year older, buying into the system. I think they're going to be pretty good. So Drew Quinlan, Dylan Schutz, Dallas Nyling, Tristan Steiner, James Herr, Houston Coleman, Brody Scroggins, Gannon Phelan, Clay Hansen, Blake Bohannon, Wyatt Noel, uh, Wyatt Williams and Alex Harris is the guys that Coach Peterson gave to me that were the key returners this year. Uh, losing Trayton Plummer off last year's team. Uh, Lawrence Fangle, who played a little bit of fullback. He was a foreign exchange student. And then a couple guys who were out last year that didn't go out this year. Um, they lose a little bit, but I think they're going to be pretty good this year. A lot of talent there for South Carolina Holt. Ready to see what they do. The next two teams, I think EA finishes third in the conference. Uh, EA and Livingston both going to be ranked in the top ten, I believe, going into this year. Um they weren't in my top ten personally. They were just on the outside looking in. Uh, but EA, they, of course, lose Jake McNinney, Bryson Bywater, Ashton Yuri, Trey Bowling, Gus Hurst, and um, I think I put Jordan Gooden on there. I don't remember if he's actually gone or not. 
for EA. I believe so. So there's a lot of good group of seniors there for EA. They led them to an undefeated regular season. They lost to Mount in the district championship game. So a tough year to end for EA, but then they come back hungry this year. They won't have the size they had last year, this with losing uh, Bowling and Yuri, but they're going to be just as fast, I think. Uh, Merriweather's one of the better linebackers in the state, also a pretty good runner. Ian Hedlund, they say he lost 20 pounds in his Marine training, and he was already pretty nimble for a big guy. Now he's a little smaller, more nimble, but still going to be a load to bring down. So he should be a pretty good tight end for him. Aaron Sluter's coming back. Josh Smith's going to play quarterback. They still got Spinato and Holacek. So they should be plenty athletic there to EA. Um, we'll see how they do for week one versus Southwest Livingston and week three versus Southwest Nami Holt. We'll know early about EA um, going this year. And, of course, Livingston open up at EA and home versus Southwest Nami Holt. I can't wait for those first two weeks. I'm going to go to the one on Sunday against EA. Uh, they, of course, lose Mac Anderson, who was, I would say, 90 to 95% of their offense last year. Um, that might be lowballing it. They also lost uh, Blaze Sturgeon, a really good linebacker, uh, Dagan. Bassett and Bryce Wolf, so four seniors off last year's team, but they bring back Chase Neptune, who I was impressed by in the state championship game, Patrick Warren, Jaden Sears, Ethan Hare, Parker Keeney, a couple other guys as well there for Southwest Livingston. They're a team that is kind of an unknown for me right now. I want to see how they develop, how they react to not having Anderson to rely on. Like they could use other guys last year, but also it was like, hey, we have a 6'5", 200-pound quarterback, running back hybrid that we can just give the ball to and let him do his thing. And it's going to work out great for us because it led them to a state championship game. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they kind of bring to this this year for Livingston. Um, we'll see how they look week one on Sunday at Fairfax. Uh, about a week from where I'm broadcasting this, actually. And they play EA. Should be two top ten teams going at it. Should be a lot of fun to watch that go down. Uh, other teams in the conference, DeCab. They were decent last year, but they lost a lot of seniors off last year's team. Darren McElfresh was a really good running back. Uh, Joe Laughlin, the pretty good lineman, Tyler Madsen, Wyatt Ashpaw. They lost a lot of good players from last year's team, very senior heavy for DeKalb. They showed they were very competitive last year. I think they're going to struggle a bit this year. Um, Cole McElfresh, um, Caden Jarrett, Harrison Laughlin, there's the guys that are going to um, lean on a little bit going into this year. So we'll kind of see how they develop. I think they're going to be bottom half of the conference again this year, but – it's hard to differentiate for me between DeCab, Platte Valley, Northwest Nottoway, Stewartsville, and I think Rockport's a slight step above those teams. But I think all those teams can kind of beat up on each other a little bit in the 275. The bottom of the 275 is going to be a pretty mixed bag, in my opinion. Northwest Nottoway, uh, lose a couple of guys from last year, Wyatt O'Reilly, Tyler Bix, Austin Bird, Smizer, Hager. But they bring back a lot of their guys who were pretty key last year. Carson Oberhauser. Gabe Goff missed a lot of last year with an injury. He's a pretty uh, physical runner. I like having him back. Cody Goff, more of a speed guy. Jenkins, Cordell, Chitwood, new coach who I like a lot with um, Alan Calfey. He's on the junior high program there for years. I think they're going to be better and more competitive this year. I don't know if they're going to be good by any uh, means, but I think they're going to be more competitive. And that's what I want to see out of Northwest Nami right now is just them being competitive week in, week out. Uh, they got Stewartsville week one, who does bring back Kane Rush. Um they got 23 kids out, 10 upperclassmen, 13 underclassmen. So, Stewartsville, kind of an unknown, unknown to me right now. We'll see how they kind of go week one versus Northwest Nottoway. That should be a really telling game to see how those teams kind of rank each other going forward. Uh, then, Platte Valley, they had 25 kids out from what uh, Coach Creep Everland told me. 
Uh, it's a great number for them. They've been really wanting to get their numbers up. That junior high program has been building a little, a little bit over the last couple of years. They're starting to see more and more kids kind of come out. They do lose a Don't Luke, a really good running back for them, Patrick O'Connor, their quarterback, and C.J. Sipes. But they do bring back Trevor McQueen, who's going to play quarterback from this year, Carter Luke, Dalton's little brother, Arthur and Lewis Giffen, uh, Vince Holtman, much other guys for him. Also, they have uh, Gabe Notestein coming back out for football this year after missing last year for not going out. He should help them a little bit with their physicality, a little bit, a little bit of a bigger body. Maybe watch him in basketball. Pretty good rebounder, physical. That'll help them a lot in the line of scrimmage. They need that physicality up there. So, I think Platte Valley it may be the right in the middle of the conference. I think them and Rockport might be the little middle of the conference. I think Platte Valley won't uh, fall back as much as we think after losing Dalton Luke. I think the younger guys are starting to step up and they'll be more competitive coming in to the future. Uh, then finally, Rockport uh, lose a good group of seniors there with Alex Burke, Mentor, LaHue, Jones, and Stoner. But Joey Heron coming back, Stevens, Makings, Abbott, Peshik, uh, the younger Burke kids going to play quarterback for him this year. I think Makings might play a little quarterback as well for him. I think Rockport will be okay this year. They just have to find a second counterpunch behind Joey Heron, who was a very good running back. But right now, teams can focus on Joey. So they need to find a way to diversify their offense a bit. And I think they're going to work on that a little bit this offseason to get better in that way. That way, when they play better, like it works against some teams. Like, okay, they just can't stop Heron. But when you play a Mound City, an EA, a Livingston, a South Oak Navi Holt, they can train on Joey Heron if they shut him down. The game's out of hand pretty quickly. So I think they're going to be more diverse this year with Coach Jones. So I think Rockport will be okay this year. I just don't know if they have the talent to beat the top four teams in the conference, but I think they're more talented than the other teams. So they're kind of in a weird uh, middle-of-the-road pack there for me for Rockport um, going forward. Uh, talking to the coaches here, um, the three guys, three teams got votes to win conference, Mound City, South Holt, Holt, and East Atchison in that order of votes. Um Mountain City wasn't the overwhelming favorite that I thought there would be. A lot of love for South Holt, Navi Holt, and EA. So I think this is going to be a very good conference season this year for Mountain City and the company in the 275. Then we'll go to the CRC. Of course, Chillahowie, they canceled their season. I didn't hear back from Bramer or Bramer, Keatsville, Northwest Hughesville, so I'm still kind of flying in the dark a little bit about them. I heard a little bit about Keatsville and Hughesville from the Jamboree. Uh, Keatsville, they're still trying to – figure their football program out. This is their first year, so expectations aren't very high for them this year just because starting a program from scratch and then being uber competitive is really tough in your first year. I know Pattonsburg, when they first started their football program, they would play North Andrew, and it would be 80 to nothing. It just, it's just tough to start a football program from scratch. Give them a few years, and maybe they'll figure it out. It's just tough in your first year or two as a new program. Kids who never played football before, trying to figure it out. Give them a little bit of time before they figure it out. Hughesville. Their quarterback last year is going to play receiver this year. They got a new quarterback in. Those two guys look to be pretty talented from what I've heard over there. It's just do they have enough outside of those guys to win enough games? I think in the CRC they'll be okay, but if they play teams outside their conference, they might struggle a little bit more. So we'll see with Hughesville going forward. Um, teams I didn't hear back from, Concordia. From what I heard, they looked okay. They looked solid in their jamboree um, with Santa Fe and St. Paul Lutheran. Just not a whole lot of kids out. Only 13 kids out for the um, Orioles. So they're gonna if they have injury problems, it could be trouble for them a little bit this year. But from what I heard, they did look okay. The running back uh, Brant, I believe, who's I believe what I was told, looked pretty good there for Concordia. Uh, they bring back five starters from last year. Seeing that was 11 man. Um, Norbert Harden Central 
Love Coach Thacker down there, but their numbers are still down. Only 12 kids out, according to him. Uh, still struggle with some eligibility due to practices and stuff. We'll see that a little bit here early in the year as teams try to figure out with the coronavirus and everything. Um, I think they're going to be decently talented. Uh, Braden Schink is going to play quarterback for them. Uh, they got some decent size up front. It's just them and Concordia, is, are they going to stay healthy enough with only 12 kids out? It's tough. They do lose. Uh, guys, Kaiser Hughes is a really good player for them last year. Um, so we'll kind of see how they cope with that loss for them a little bit there. Um, and then North Shelby. Actually, I'm going to skip North Shelby and Oric for a minute and go to Santa Fe and Santa Paula Lutheran. New teams to the class as well, both coming from 11-man. Uh, from what I heard, Santa Fe looked pretty good in their jamboree. It was probably the best team over there with Concordia and St. Paul Lutheran. Uh, 21 kids out. They brought back nine starters from last year's 11-man team. Um, so I think they're going to be okay this year. I think they're going to finish third in the conference, where I have Santa Fe kind of slotted right now. I think they're going to be competitive, though. So I think Santa Fe may be one of the better teams dropping down this year from the 11-man to 8-man ranks. Uh, St. Paul Lutheran, do have 24 kids out. Bring back four or five starters from last year's team. They have a couple of kids who are going to play football and soccer, so they're going to play one side of the ball. So we'll kind of see how that works for them. Um, I'm just kind of interested to see how St. Paul Lutheran comes down to an eight-man and how they um, are able to kind of play. And St. Paul Lutheran, they start out week one with Oric. So definitely we'll see early on Oric, a very talented team. I'll get to here in just a second um, with them. So we'll go to the top two teams in this conference, Oric and North Shelby. I'll start with Oric here. They got 17 kids out this year. New coach in Eric Fairchild. He used to coach at Livingston and then last year at LeBlanc. Uh, he was one year at LeBlanc. Now his first year at Oric. A rising program. Made the state semifinals two years ago. Was very competitive last year. Um, they do bring back uh, quarterback Blake Buchanan. Uh, Ethan Wilson, also a good player for him. Ross Greer, among others there for the Bearcats. I lose both McAfee's, though. Um, on offense as well, so not quite as explosive. But I think they'll be very good this year. They bring back a lot of their offense with Buchanan. As Bu- if Buchanan stays healthy, I think Oric. I haven't finished in second in the conference. I think they could push North Shelby. It kind of depends on how the season kind of works out. But Oric should be a top 10 team to come into this year as well. And then finally, North Shelby. You got 25 kids out this year. Only one senior, but 13 juniors. Uh, they bring back three starters on offense and five on defense. Uh, they do lose Dayton. Uh, Metis, I believe is how you say his name. I I can't second guess myself, but I'm pretty sure it's Metis. Ethan Geiserdorf, uh, Elijah Greenwell, Rowdy Van Stike. I hope I got that wrong. Gus Williams. Sorry if I got your name wrong, guys. I'm sorry. I really am. But they bring back Cole Stoneburner, Justin Lunsford, one of the better linemen in the state, Noah Greenwell, among others there for North Shelby. What Coach Bass has built over there, I like it a lot. I think North Shelby is one of the top five teams in the state going into this year. We'll see early on. They do play Santa Fe in week one. Santa Fe going to North Shelby, then hosting Worth County the first two weeks. We'll know a lot out of Santa Fe early because they got two tough matchups here early in the year. One of the tougher opening schedules throughout the year, I think, along with Southwell Nami Holt, who has at Worth County, at Livingston, and home versus EA to start the year. Those are a couple of the toughest schedules you see early on. I think LeBlonde. As we go to the independents here, they have at Pattonsburg and North Andrew in the first two weeks. So some of these teams have very in-your-face schedules here early on, so we'll kind of see how they kind of go about it. And then let's go to real quick. Okay, then I'll just go to the independents real quick. Uh, Bishop LeBlanc, 24 kids out this year, 10 sophomores, though, so very sophomore-heavy um, 
Quarterback, Landon Gardner is going to be their leader. Um, Reggie Love at quarterback. They got Fred Lagerschulte at receiver. I think also Isaac Ferguson will step up receiver two for them. They're going to be a little bit pass happy, but they were a lot pass happy last year. I think they're going to be a little more balanced this year, but still lean on the pass um, a little bit. So I, I think LeBlanc's going to be better this year than they were last year, but I don't know if they're going to be great by any means. And then Skylar County. From what I heard, the Jamboree over Keatsville, they were the best team over there, but not quite a top 10 caliber team. So I think they're going to be okay this year. They're pretty young. Uh, talking to their coach, they got 18 kids out, six seniors, eight freshmen. So kind of a gap there between age groups. But they do bring back six kids from last year's team uh, who should see a lot of playing time. So we'll kind of see how they look a little bit this year. Uh, but I believe Skyler, let me look at their schedule real quick and start the year. They got at Keatsville and then home Pattonsburg, and then at Worth County for the first three weeks of the year. So kind of a tough schedule for them to start the year out as well. And they also have North Shelby in week four on the road. Wow. So Schuyler County is going to get a, a treat the first four weeks there, especially weeks two through four, to start their season. So I'm really excited to see what they kind of do in their transition to eight-man. Then finally, we'll go to the Wemo real quick uh, before I take a break. Uh, let's see here. All the teams have got back to me in the Wemo, which I was really happy about. Um Alpsland City won the conference last year, lost in district championship game to Drexel. I think Alpsland City will be okay this year, um, but I don't know if they're going to be at top of the conference they were last year. Then it will be quite as dominant. I think they're going to take a step back. Um, should still be okay. I'll come back to Archie and Drexel, who I saw at the Jamboree. Uh, Jasper has 30 kids out, but they're really young, and I just think they're a year away from being real competitive down there. From what I've heard from teams down south, Jasper might be just a year away. Liberal should be okay. Uh, Gunner Miller coming back at quarterback and a really good linebacker for him. He's going to be their workhorse, but I'm kind of curious how they're going to match up versus who I've used the top four teams in the league coming up here with Osceola, Rich Hill, Archie, and Drexel. Osceola going to be very pass happy. Cole Thomas at quarterback. Halloran at running back slash receiver. A couple other guys going to step up for him as well. They lost a good group of seniors last year, but Tyler Guerin was their quarterback last year, got hurt the Drexel game last year, so they've adjusted without him so far, and he's going to help him out this year. Hurt him last year. I think it's going to help him out going to this year. And then the top three teams who I think have kind of separated themselves a little bit in this conference, uh, Drexel, Rich Hill, and Archie. Archie knew an 11-man this year. I'll start with Archie. Saw them in the Jamboree. They had good size. They did struggle to run the ball versus Drexel, which I was a little bit worried about, but their passing game does look very good. Um, I believe his Wolf was playing quarterback for him in that game. Uh, I'll have to look at their schedule again. Um, they're in the For the Jamboree, they had some practice forms jerseys on, so their numbers didn't quite match up with the players. I'm still trying to figure out who was who. Um, but Dylan Sutton should be a running back for him. He looked decently good. Hunter Yannick from Midway, he looked really good at receiver. I think he had four touchdowns in the first set of 20 plays or something like that. He had five or six catches. High point in the ball, has good speed, good size, I was really impressed with him, and so was Coach Smith at the Jamboree. He was one of those guys you watch in the field, you're like, that's a player. He transferred from Midway, who's a very good football program. He's going to help out Archie out a lot. I love their left-handed quarterback. Uh, I think Archie, if they can figure out the running game and how to stop, they were okay against Drexel's running game. They were pretty good against Drexel's passing game, so we'll kind of see how Archie um, does with the physicality this year. But they looked more physical than what they have been in the past, from what I'm told when they were 11 man. Now with eight man, so, and I'll give them credit. I was down there at the Jamboree. I stood in their sideline because I won the sun of my eyes. 
um, down there at Archie. The whirlwinds, a lot of energy on their sideline, a lot of guys picking each other up. I love seeing that. I love the way Archie's building a culture down there for them. Uh, and up next, Rich Hill bringing back seven of eight starters, uh, including their quarterback-running back combo of Peyton McFrederick and Clayton Bridgewater. They should be very good this year. Only lose a DB slash end Riley Heckledon. Heckadon from last year's team. Bring back all three linemen. I mean, they should be pretty good this year. I, I like Rich Hill a lot. They're really fast. Their biggest thing is also kind of physicality a little bit. So if they can be physical enough, they have the athletes on the outside to compete really in that conference. But I think Drexel's the favorite here. Uh, 20 kids out this year uh, for Coach Dean down there for the Bobcats. Uh, Jacob Coffey, he's going to be their leader. But Corey Compton, Vudovich, Saunders, Ethan Irvin was their quarterback, Mike Munter. They're going to be pretty solid this year. I think Drexel, it's going to be, they're going to rely a lot on Jacob Coffey because he's a very good runner. I uh, watched him in the Jamboree. Still as physical as ever. Got good speed. Uh, you can definitely tell he's worked on his game a little bit. So they're still the favorite for me in the Wemo, but we'll kind of see how they adjust with Archie being improved and Rich Hill being improved if they can still win that conference down there. And from what I got from the coaches down there, the favorites, Drexel's a pretty good favorite, but Rich Hill got some love. And I think Archie's going to get some love as well after teams see them play a little bit. So that's where we're at. I'm going to take a quick break, get a drink. When I come back, I'm going to talk about state favorites. And a little bit about the preseason poll, but not enough to finalize it yet. So we'll come be with that back next here on Straight Up Sports. And we're back here on Straight Up Sports. I'm your host, Devin Albertson. Now it's time to kind of go down through each of the conferences real quick and kind of recap uh, the favorites for each conference, whether first by the coaches and then what I kind of view as the favorites for each conference. I will start with the 275. We'll just go in alphabetical order here. Um, of the coaches, Mound City got about half the votes, with South Holt, Nami Holt, and EA uh, both getting a couple other votes themselves each. Um, so very interested to see the split there. EA got a little more love from the coaches than I thought they kind of would after losing so much talent from last year. Um, but it makes sense. Coach Barron's has a lot of respect in the conference, and they were able to replenish their athletes decently well, bringing back a couple of key guys from last year's team that went undefeated in the regular season. But I think EA's going to be pretty good this year. I want to see how they do. Uh, week three, weeks one and three, really against Livingston and South Holtonawi Holt to kind of see where they're at. I still think Mountain City is the favorite in the conference. Um, two times state champions in a row now. I think was it seven or eight total. They're a powerhouse in eight man. They're one of the blue bloods. They have the benefit of the doubt, despite losing a great group of seniors. Um, they got enough talent coming back, with some cohesion, good coaching staff uh, with Stanford and company. It's a great name for like. A company. I don't know what you're saying. Um, but Mount City, they're still the favorite. But I think South Holt and Aubrey Holt could give them a run for their money um, into the conference. I plan on going to that game. I believe it's week six, uh, depending on how the season goes. I plan on going to that game because I think it's going to be the best game that weekend. Could be a top five matchup at that point. So we'll kind of see what happens there um, with those two teams. Uh, we'll go to the CRC real quick. Um, six coaches kind of get back to me, I believe. Um Three for Oric, actually. Two for North Shelby. And then one coach didn't really know kind of where he would view it. Um, so I was kind of surprised that Oric got more votes than North Shelby. But I am I think North Shelby should be better this year than Oric. I know North Shelby lost a lot of good seniors from last year, but I think they replenished enough. And they had a really good group of sophomores last year. They're going to be juniors this year. So I think North Shelby's the favorite not only this year, but also definitely next year in the CRC to win the conference uh, with Oric. This is a clearer one-two than everyone else in the conference kind of deal there with the CRC. I think Santa Fe does finish third in the conference, though, as I said earlier. 
Next, the Grand River Conference. Uh, this is the best conference. Uh, Worth County got about half the votes. One coach didn't really know. And then I've got a vote for Albany, a vote for Pattonsburg. But I would not be surprised if Stanbury and North Andrew also compete for it. King City would probably be my least likely to win conference because I think they're just the the bottom guy right now. But being the sixth best team in the GRC is like being the fourth or third best team in the 275 this year. Um, in my opinion, I think the GRC is loaded. Locked and loaded. Let's see how it goes. I'm ready to see how that conference kind of uh, fares against each other, but also when they play out-of-conference games. Um, but the GRC, after being a little bit down last year, I think last year the 275 was actually a better conference, especially top on the top half of it. Uh, but this year the GRC, I think, is going to be back on top of the best conference in eight, man. And then finally the WEMO conference. Uh, Drexel, guys, as I said earlier, got most of, most of the love for the favorites down there. Rich Hill got a little bit, and one coach uh, just said unknown or the field. He wasn't sure how it was going to go. He seems kind of new. I uh, didn't really know. Didn't know who to pick. So that's kind of where we're at with that. I think Drexel's the favorite. Rich Hill and Archie are both the dark horses in that conference. Um, but as we saw last year with Wemo, all the teams besides Appleton City beat up on each other a little bit last year. And then Appleton City lost to Drexel in the playoffs. So we'll kind of see. Uh, Osceola has a pretty good passing game. Some decent athletes coming back. They could be trouble. Appleton City won the conference last year. Still a good coaching staff over there uh, for the Bulldogs. Liberal has a really good player and some good talent around him. So I don't. I think Jasper probably has the least likely chance to really succeed this year. I said they're probably a year away. But I wouldn't be surprised if the other five or six teams down there – let me look at their conference real quick. Uh, yeah, Jasper probably has the least likely. The other six teams could all, I think, have a decent chance to win it. I give Drexel the early favorite right now, but that's a very – even conference going into this year, and I'm pretty excited to see how it all kind of turns out. And I said 30 of the 33 coaches got back to me. Every coach in the 275, GRC, and WEMO, and all the independent schools, they all got back to me. Um, three teams in the CRC didn't, and then one, of course, uh, dropped off. So that's how I get a 30 of the 33 coaches did get back to me, so I can get a pretty accurate look at the season a little bit here, talking to all the coaches. Um, the favorites, uh, one coach gave me three teams. He said he could win a state champ, who he viewed as the favorites. He said Worth County, Albany, and South Holt Holt were his three favorites. Um, those are the only votes that Albany and South Holt Holt got for um, state favorites um, from kind of coaches on the outside of their own teams. Um, unknown or the field, five coaches picked that. So uh, five coaches were like, I'm not sure who to pick. I can't really say one team or – Hey, we're new to eight-man this year. We're not sure how the teams up north can I go with that, so we're just going to say unknown. Don't want to give an opinion, which was fine. Had one vote for Pattonsburg, actually, one vote for East Atchison, and one vote for Drexel, um, and then 11 votes for Mount City, and then 10 straight-up votes for Worth County, with them also splitting another vote with Albany and South Holt Hold. So from what the coaches said, I would say 21 of the 30, 22 of the 30, have said that either Worth County or Mount City is going to win state championship this year. That's how I kind of view it. I think – those two teams are the best two, but then you have a group of about three or four teams next who I think with South Holt, Nottoway Holt, North Shelby, Albany, maybe Drexel, could all make deep playoff runs and have a pretty good chance to make a deep playoff runs. Then you have teams like Stanbury, North Andrew, Pattonsburg, um, East Ashton, Southwest Livingston, Oric, uh, Rich Hill, Archie, a bunch of teams who could definitely come up there and surprise us. Um, I've gotten seven of the eight polls in now for eight-man, and there's 15 different teams ranked in the top ten. 
And honestly, from five, five, six, seven are all really close. Um, and really eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 are all decently close as well. So like the gap between the fifth ranked team and the 12th ranked team isn't great. There's been a lot of different opinions there. I think that's great because it shows me there are a lot of good teams in eight man this year. A lot of um, diversity. Uh, one and two, pretty set in stone. It's going to be Mountain City, Worth County is the top two teams in the state. I'll break that early here um, as they've received the most votes. And they are a step above everyone else in the voting. I think the lowest Worth County was at in anybody's poll was three. was lowest I see them. They're mostly one or two. Mountain City, a lot of ones, a two, and then a three so far is what I've seen. So those two teams look to be pretty unanimous, one, two, in the state. But then three, four, I won't give out the rest of the poll yet because it'll be released tomorrow. I would say about 8, 9 a.m., somewhere in there is where I'm going to release the poll. I'm just waiting on one one last voter for us. Um, very interesting. Still pretty good battle. The last three spots there, three teams for two spots for 9, 10, 11 are all within um, shouting range of each other. So this last voter could influence that a little bit. I'm excited, though. As I've said, I'm going to Grant City Week 1 for South Holt and Holt versus Worth County. Then Sunday, I'm going to go watch South West Livingston play East Ashton over in Fairfax at 1.30 on Sunday. Uh, very excited about that. I'll do another podcast, probably going to release around Thursday, uh, previewing Week 1. A lot of great games. Um, I'll just go through the schedule real quick for Week 1, just so you guys have an idea of what I'm be talking about here on Thursday. Um Osceola at Albany, Liberal at Archie, Drexel at Concordia, Southwest Livingston at East Atchison, Rich Hill at Jasper, Schuyler County at Keatsville, Casey East Christian at Norbert Harden Central, King City at North Andrew, Santa Fe at North Shelby, Bramer at Northwest Hughesville, Bishop LeBlonde at Pattonsburg, Mound City at Platte Valley, DeCamp at Rockport, Oreck at St. Paul Lutheran, uh, Appleton City, Stanbury, Northwest Nottoway versus Stewartsville, and South Holt Nollyhold at Worth County. So 17 games in week one. I believe 16 of the 17 are being played on Friday night. So make sure you guys follow Missouri 8-Man Football on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, we have a little over 100 followers on Facebook right now. Let's try to get that up to 200 by Friday. That way we have plenty of viewers on there. Friday I will be doing from Grant City a halftime and postgame Facebook live show uh, from Grant City. Get my thoughts on the first half action, along with some scores from around the state. Um, and then I get the post-game show. I'm going to see if I can't get a coach and maybe a player on there for a little post-game interview to kind of hear from them, how they saw the game going, and stuff like that. Also, before I get off here, I want to make sure you guys are following Anthony Crane on Twitter. He's one of our voters for the Missouri 8-Man Media Poll. Um, he works, first of all, for the Maryville Daily Forum um, in the sports department, but also – uh, he's started a patron, uh, patron I think it's what, a Patreon website for Missouri eight-man football. Um, and he's already posted, I believe there's 19 of the 33 team season previews are already on there. And at the time I record this, he's got 15 people subscribed, including me. Um, it's only five bucks a month, and he's writing previews for, I believe, all the teams are either written or will be done before the season starts. So that's 33 articles for $5 to start the year. And then he's going to have um, previews of games and recaps and stuff like that. It's all going on the website there. Um, 
So make sure you go follow him on Twitter, Anthony Crane. Um, I retweet it from Missouri 8-Man Football, Facebook, and Twitter uh, accounts. Follow it. Read the posts. I mean, he's already got – let me double-check. I mean, he's got here – he's got 18 posts already as of 2.30 on Sunday. And there's more to come. He's putting great content out there. He's put the effort in to go to – I think if he hasn't been to every practice in the state, he's at least talked to the coaches from all the teams about – who they're bringing back, who they're going to be relying on, player interviews, all the good stuff for season previews. It looks great. Make sure you give him a follow, subscribe to the site, uh, support the local journalism because myself and Anthony want to give the kids coverage and it helps out a lot with you guys' support. We really appreciate it. We love when we go to the places and you guys say you appreciate us because we just want to do it to help the kids out. But we also appreciate you guys appreciating our appreciation for that. Um, kind of deal. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, make sure you guys go follow the Facebook page. Share the Facebook page that way. Um, say you're from North Andrew. You listen to the podcast. You guys love listening. Share it. That way the other parents can also follow it so they can share it. That way this thing grows. I believe on Twitter, I had to look here to be sure of how many followers we already, we have now on the Twitter account for Missouri 8-Man Football. I know it's more than my personal account. My personal account, I'm still, I think I'm under 900 followers, but... Let me just type in Mo 8 Man Football on Twitter real quick. We are at 1,252 followers. We'll see if we can get to the 1,300 uh, before the season starts. Um, really excited about the season um, coming up ahead. And I'm just really excited for this year. I hope you guys are too. Also, just as a PSA, I don't, I don't care if you think coronavirus is a hoax, if you are fearful of it. Whatever it may be, just follow the guidelines. We want to have football. These kids have put the effort in the offseason and up to this point in their lives to play a football season this year. The kids are doing everything they can to have a season, whether it's social social distancing, cleaning equipment extra carefully, wearing a mask when they're not on the field, all this good stuff. I went to the Jamboree. I wore a mask the whole time unless I was six feet apart from everybody and I stood kind of away from everybody else. They don't take it off so they take a breather. It's simple as that. Just wear a mask, socially distance. If you are talking to somebody, just throw your mask on real quick and talk. It's not that big of a deal. It's a little inconvenient. I'll be wearing a mask on my uh, pregame uh, interviews with the coaches and players and stuff like that and trying to keep our stools four to five feet apart at least to get us both from the screen but also stay apart a little bit. Just the little things. Just do your part. That way we can have the season. These kids have busted their butts for this season to happen. They've done everything in their power. Help them out. Just be responsible. Think of others. It's not hard. Love each other. That's, that's all I'm asking for this. That way we can have a season. That way I can go to these games, give the kids recognition they deserve. As I said, week one, South Fulton Army Hold at Worth County. Can't wait for it. Um, and the poll, again, will be out tomorrow between 8 and 9 a.m. We'll be there, Missouri 8-Man Football, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, that's going to be it for this. We went a little over 40 minutes. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Uh, share it. Every you can, that way you get as many listens as possible to give these kids the recognition they deserve. Guess what, guys? It is game week. Now, finally, we are here. So hopefully, we can have more and more game weeks as the year goes on. Stay healthy. Uh, play it smart. Thank you guys for listening to Straight Up Sports and Missouri 8-Man Football.